Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and I want to welcome you back. I know I've been saying afternoon because it is, um, what, two, about 2 30 in the afternoon here on the uh, East Coast. So, um, like I said, whenever I get a chance, I try to do the best I can to get a, as much as much as I can to uh, to the to all to my viewers. Um, I want to send them one shout out quickly to um, Pod Vine. He has uh, reached out to me here recently, and um, and I have signed up for their site, and I get to put my episodes on their site as well. And there's been a few others that have reached out to me as well. So I want to thank. Not only them, reason, but wisdom as well for reaching out to me here in the past couple of months, give or take, and um, to put my material out there a little bit more for viewers to to us, uh, you know, to certainly listen to the episode. And I do appreciate people who do listen to it. Uh, I know you always have. I know you always have. There's a million podcasts out there, probably a billion podcasts. Everybody's got an opinion on whatever. As they say, it's a free country, right? So, um, hopefully, um, hopefully you guys will, um, certainly listen to, um, continue to listen to the, uh, my podcast and, um, here in a couple of days, it'll be one year since I started this, this journey. And, uh, for those, I hope to, um, for those, I certainly hope that you continue on that journey with me as we continue to do this. Uh, it's hard to believe it'll be a year, but. Again, I'll start off most of my podcast for those people who are listening to me for the very, very first time. I want to say thank you for doing so. And for those viewers who have been with me from day one, I want to continue. I want to thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. And I hope you keep coming back and I hope you keep inviting in family, friends, and other other members as well. As they keep continuing to hopefully, you know, listen to, listen to future episodes. Uh, like I said, um couple minutes ago it'll be one full year that I've done this and it's hard to believe but any event like I said it's enough of that let's jump into some let's jump into some news and uh, I guess the first biggest business we've heard here since yesterday is the retirement of one Rob Gronkowski again uh there was a funny tweet I think it was a funny tweet that was put out that it was like Rob Gronkowski retirement two Tom Brady one and I, and I think it was a, somebody from the NFL Network that had put that out, and I thought it was pretty funny in a way, really. Um, certainly, Rob is stepping away, and Rob certainly will go down as one of the great, one of the greatest tight ends in the history of the game. Now, I will tell you a story, a quick story. Uh, years, both probably three or four years ago, I had. I started writing for a magazine that was in the state of Washington, and um, the the magazine I believe it was called the company I believe it was called it was called Skull Skull Kings. Um, if you get a chance to, I know I know they they put some stuff out on Facebook. I know for a fact. I don't know any other sites they put their stuff out on, but they do some pretty good stuff. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a respect to them because they gave me a chance to write. I, I was like I say three or four years ago, and um, and I personally like to thank them for letting me get me the opportunity. The gentleman that um, that was uh, running the magazine is no longer doing it. He has passed it on to other people, and he has gone on to do other things. And um, and like I 
like I said, I want to thank them for letting me do it. Uh, the gentleman's name, I know the name is Ryan, and I don't know if Ryan's actually listening to the podcast, but I personally want to thank Ryan for giving me the opportunity years ago to get out there, you know, to start this journey. I know I started writing, and now we're going on to this this podcast. Um, one of the jobs I had was my only job really was to write about tight ends, about upcoming draft, you know, what I felt the upcoming draft. Uh, matter of fact, I think uh, in that draft well, I wrote years ago, I think it was uh, Noah Fant was in the draft, Irv Smith, just to name a couple of guys. It shows you how, how far back this went as far as the drafts went, you know, how far back my writing went. Uh, one of the biggest things in the article I wrote is the greatest, who I thought was the greatest tight end in the history of the game. Now, Rob, I think I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I wrote it. Like I said, a few years ago, I think I might have had Rob like maybe third on the list. The first guy I had on the list was certainly Tony Gonzalez. Now, Tony had the career numbers. He was consistent. He was consistent. Uh, unfortunately, Rob has one thing that Tony Gonzalez didn't have, and that's four Super Bowl rings. Tony had none. And Rob certainly will go down. I mean, he will certainly go down. He's got the numbers. Um, I believe he's, what, second receiving touchdowns in the history of playoffs. Only Jerry Rice had did more. So that's really interesting to Rob. I know Rob is, when he first came out here, I believe when he came out of college, I believe he had a, uh, a reputation, I guess they say, being a party boy, too much of a party boy or something, party animal, something like that. But Bill Belichick, saw potential in him and Bill took him and Bill Belichick never looked back and certainly him and Tom Brady became, became a, certainly a nice nice duo that runs along with the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young and Jerry Rice or Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison or Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne and going on about the great combinations in the history of this game. But Rob and Tom Brady certainly rank among those and Tom knew he could trust Rob, and Rob would whatever he could throw the ball up, he knew Rob was going to catch it. And for a quarterback, receiver, quarterback, or tight end combination, whatever the case might be, Tom knew he could trust Rob Gronkowski. And Rob certainly left an impact in this game. There's no no deny no denying that. You know, some people are saying, "Is Rob really going to retire? Is this is this really it?" Some people think that if um, Tom Brady makes a phone call to Rob and say, hey, Rob, I need you to come on back to Tampa Bay. I, you know, we need, we need some help. Um, I don't know if I'd be totally shocked or totally surprised if Rob would come back to help to help Tom out. I don't know if I would be totally surprised on that. Some people, I've heard some experts say that he probably, that happens to be the case, that will happen. Some say that, that he is done for good. But whatever the case might be, it wouldn't shock me if Rob did come back. Now, I find the kind of the humor in it. I've seen Vegas now since Rob's retirement. I believe the what is the percentage points gone down? Like a a, a point and a half or two percentage points have gone down now since Gronkowski retires. That now they are the Tampa Bay's chance to win the Super Bowl becomes a little bit less. Now, I don't know if Tampa Bay's chance to become less with Gronkowski's retirement. Um, I think it was it was still good even with Rob not deciding to retire or not he was still deciding. 
The biggest thing with them is is big Chris Godwin. Godwin had a nice year last year, but of course he's more than likely going to start the season off on the IR. At least I'm thinking he is, unless he makes a miraculous recovery and he ends up playing. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Right now, Mike Evans is still the number one man. Russell Cage has got to step his game up and be the number two guy. The number three spot, it could be anybody's spot. I think Perryman's a man to keep an eye on. And I will admit the, rece- the receiving core might take a little bit of beating because of, because of Gronkowski being out, because of Godwin's injuries. Does it take a beating? Yeah, it does take a little bit of beating. Uh, Leonard Fournette's back as a running back, and Leonard Fournette looked like, was it Larry Sinners? Larry Sinners, if you know your football history from the Arizona Cardinals of several years ago, man, caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. And, of course, there's been rumors, there's been rumors, or I have not seen photos or anything whatsoever, but somebody that looks like Leonard has uh, put on a lot of weight in the offseason. I don't know that, again, somebody was tweeting that out, I believe, and I do not know. I have not seen any video footage or any photos. Don't know. But to be honest with you, Tom came back. Tom came back because Tom believes that he can take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up and over the top. And I'm sure Tom, in the back of his mind, figured, okay, if I have my, my buddy Rob with me, you know, Rob can certainly help me get me to that next level. And Rob could have helped him get probably another Super Bowl ring. But does it But does it take Tampa Bay's chances down because of Rob not coming back? I don't think it takes chances down that much. Uh, Thompson's had a pretty good report with uh, Cameron Brait. Of course, O.J. Howard has gone to Buffalo now. They drafted a uh, tight end who has some upside, and we'll see if he can have a – him and Tom Brady can have a little wavelength. But it'll be interesting to see what the Buccaneers can do moving forward. The Buccaneers, they have a pretty decent defense and struggled at points a lot last year. But most of the defense does return. You still got Tom Brady. There's a couple of missing pieces on the offensive line. One guy retired, one went off to – Sign the Cincinnati Bengals. So the offensive line could be a little eh, but you still got Fournette. Gino, yeah, Gino Bernard is back. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is returning. I believe they drafted uh, another young running back, but Fournette's going to be the one to be the, the bell cow. I mean, I'm certain to say that's going to be the case. I'm sure Gino will be, might spell, spell Leonard here and there and will catch third down passes. I don't doubt that a bit. But there are going to be some guys that don't have to step up their game. Russell Cage, Tom Brady's already called that Russell Russell Cage, and he's got to step up since Godwin is hurt. And I'm sure guys like Perryman and other receivers are going, to, are going to have to step their game up for Tampa Bay to be to have a shot at winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl. Now, they certainly probably had a chance to win their division. The only team that can stand in their way would be the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints, they have done pretty well for themselves. I mean, they did resign James Winston. They feel Winston can be ready by opening, yeah, by opening day. Hopefully, uh, they did get Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. Still got Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram returns. You hopefully Michael Thomas can finally still be healthy after about what three years. I do like the Jarvis Landry pickup. I think that's an, an outstanding pickup for him. He adds another weapon to their team. 
again, it's there. Can't I mean can. I don't see the point as to where everybody believes that Rob Gronkowski. I don't I don't really understand Vegas's odds that hey Gronk's not coming back. We gotta knock it down a couple percentage points. To be honest with you, I even if Gronk even if Gronk did come back, I believe their chances were still about the same as they were before. Now, I'm sure a lot of experts will say, well, no, John's crazy. He's lost it. He doesn't understand it. But to me, they were already they were already down Chris Godwin. Now, being down Gronk, does it hurt? Well, I'm sure it hurts a little bit. I'm sure it hurts Tom Brady because Tom Brady does not have his most reliable weapon. Because now his most reliable weapon now will come to be Mike Evans. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to gear on Mike Evans even more with Chris Godwin, you know, out. But if Russell Cage can step up and he can play the Chris Godwin role and take pressure off of Mike Evans, then it should be interesting. I know for fantasy owners out there, Russell Cage is a guy to look at. A dark horse right now, maybe maybe Cameron Bright's a dark horse because now Cameron Bright becomes the number one receiver, number one tight end, I should say. And Brady does have a good rapport with Cameron Bright, and I've seen that in games so that I've watched. He has a good rapport with him. So I'm not saying Cameron Brady is Rob Gronkowski. Far from it, but Cameron Bright's a pretty decent player that doesn't get a lot of looks. But for fantasy owners, if you're looking for maybe a number two tight end on your team, you might want to take a shot at Cameron Bright because his role is going to tremendously improve. No Rob Gronkowski. Don't talk about O.J. Howard anymore. He is certainly the number one guy. Now, I believe it was Osteen, I believe his name is, they drafted. I'm sure he might bulk up, he might go to the number two spot. But the thing is, if you're a fantasy owner, keep an eye on Cameron Bright. But for Rob, Rob gets to enjoy, gets to enjoy when he, he's going to retire. Uh, I've seen you know, Rob does commercials. I know he did a show for Nickelodeon a couple of years ago, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, they, I mean what is he? He ventured into what? Wrestling briefly. Uh, I don't think Rob's going to wrestle, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gronkowski gets into a little bit, of, a little bit of acting. Maybe, maybe Rob becomes an action. Maybe becomes the next action hero. We just had Dwayne Johnson, John Cena from wrestling. They've got into it. Um, maybe Rob Gronkowski can do that as well. Or I can see Rob maybe doing a a comedy for Hollywood. Yeah, that kind of sounds more like Rob Gronkowski right there doing a little comedy. I can see maybe he does a show for, you know, Nickelodeon. Rob has that personality. But for Rob, whatever he does, I mean, it's it's well-deserved. If the retirement sticks this time, it'll be interesting to see if, if there's if there comes become some injuries at the tight end spot. Let's say if Cameron Brake gets hurt, you have to rob the rookie tight end. Does Tom get on the phone and say, Rob, I need you here. We got a chance. I got a chance. We got a chance to win another Super Bowl. I need you here. I need you here right now. Does Rob jump on the plane, go on down to Tampa, and head back with Tom again? Remains to be seen. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see. But Rob, certainly a Hall of Fame career. Uh, wish all you know, wish Rob all the best in the world for what he does from here on out. And knowing knowing Gronkowski, knowing Gronk, I'm sure he'll have he'll have a blast doing it. So Rob, enjoy your retirement. Granted, if this is legit, there are people out there that say that who knows, this might not be legit. But hopefully for Rob that he is done, he's finished, and certainly I wish him the best of luck. We'll go from landing perspective to 
another end, another end, and and of course there's been a, uh, more news out there, but this unfortunate bad news. Um, I guess you've heard by now the uh, linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, Jalen Ferguson, has passed away at 26 years old. Uh, police, not we have no details. Uh, there are no details that have been put out there as to what had happened. Jalen was a third-round draft pick for the Baltimore Ravens out of the University of Louisiana Tech. He I believe he was the all-time sack leader in the college, in the university's history, I believe. And um, certainly my condolences go out to his coaches, teammates, family, friends. It's always hard to see somebody so young at 26 that had a a life, you know, a life ahead of them. And to me, it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if it's a football or any average Joe is walking down the street. It's always sad to see somebody pass away so soon. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me personally to have young people. And trust me, I've had friends that have passed away at a young age, about that age or even younger. I've had that, and it's a very hard thing for this world. I know Benjamin Franklin once said there was two things certain in life. Death and taxes. And Ben Franklin was absolutely right. I mean, life, they say life is not always a sure thing. And that is true. You hear you hear so many sad stories, you know, of women giving birth and the kids, you know, and the baby comes out, could die on the operating table. That's happened. But unfortunately, in life, it's it's hard to put together um, a man, a nice young man like you know Jalen Ferguson, twenty, you know, passed away at twenty six, and that's that's a sad thing in this world. And I've always said, I've always had the theory that um, it is hard for your kids to pass away before your parents. That is something to me that's always been wrong. I, mean, I think that's what's wrong with the world. Um, I know some, um, you know, some religious buffs that ever listen to this podcast. I'm sure I'll get persecuted by what I what I've just said. But to me, it's always been wrong. It's never been right to have, you know, you to outlive your kids. And trust me, I got two kids. I got one twenty, one fourteen, and it would pain for me that for something to happen to one of my kids, and I got to outlive them. Because personally, I really had my kids bury my bury me, and me had to bury my kids because it'd be it would be so painful. Certainly, I just turned fifty three here recently, and I hope I've got another 30, 40 years left, you know, left in left in me. But you know, when you ask when your number is called, the time's up. There's nothing that you can, you know, really do about it. And. uh Again, if for Gally, you know, Jay, for like Gally Jalen Ferguson, who seemed to have a very bright future ahead for the Baltimore Ravens, he played. He has played well for the Ravens since being drafted. Uh, the Ravens always seem to find that player somewhere, and he always seems to produce. And that's the that's the Ozzie Newsom, the Ozzie Newsom tree. There, they always find a good player. But it, it's it's hard for me to sit back and say it's 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 a hard thing for when you have a it's hard when you have a young man that was had a 
kind of bright future ahead of him. And the guy's supposed to have something at 20, 26. I mean, we've had this. Uh, certainly, we, may, we know uh, Dwayne Haskins a couple of months ago. What happened with uh, you know with Dwayne? Uh, but it, it, it's 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 hard. It's it's very hard. Um, again, my condolences to his his family, his friends, teammates, coaches, everybody. It's it's a hard thing to take in for somebody to pass away. You know, so young. You know, we talk about podcasting, and we touched on this subject briefly. I know a couple of episodes ago, and I guess you've heard about the. Tyreek Hill started his uh, his new podcast, and he had his agent on 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 the air, and he was in a way, I guess he was. I don't know if he was taking shots, or he was complaining about not getting the ball enough in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, uh, his former quarterback, uh, you know, I guess he listened to the podcast, and I think Patrick's kind of caught back a little bit by, you know, what what he had said, but, you know, the Patrick and, you know, Andy Reid have taken the high road on this, and, you know, they're taking the high road, and they wish Ty- Tyreek Hill nothing but the best of best of luck in Miami. Now, to me, and everybody, and every Kansas City fan knows, it was either Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or Bust. I mean, let's, let's be honest with you. Now, I think last year there were some numbers that supported kind of, sort of, some of Tyreek's complaints. But, you know, what Tyreek has to understand, one thing is, like, again, we go back to it was Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or Bust. And a lot of teams last year wasn't going to let Patrick Mahomes beat them deep with Tyreek Hill. I mean, heck, you had, they Tyreek probably got double covered, and they probably had, like, an extra guy over the top. Yeah. So I'm sure Tyreek didn't get the ball. There were certain games I think he touched the ball a lot. There were games he might not touch the ball a lot. But Tyreek's got to understand if you're if you're that guy and you're a number a number one receiver in this league, yeah, people are gonna are gonna focus on you. I gear in in games everybody followed wherever Tyreek Hill went. Now I don't think Travis Kelsey might have had maybe a game's more usage than Tyreek Hill. But again, it was Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey or bust because to me at the end of the day they didn't have a lot of confidence in the running game and they didn't have confidence in other than Hill and Kelsey they didn't have confidence really in any anybody else that could set the game up. Now Kansas City they've let they've traded Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to pay him the thirty million dollars a year year that he wanted and they've gone out and got Marcus Valdez Scanlon. Well, Scanlon has not really produced. A lot for Green Bay, and he had one of the quarterbacks in the history of the game, one of the top guys, and Aaron Rodgers. Now Juju had a good rookie year, but Juju's numbers have kind of dipped a little bit because Antonio Brown, who was the number one receiver for you know for, you know for like you know for like eight nine years with Pittsburgh, well Juju was the number two guy, and Juju did an outstanding job being a number two guy. He comes to Kansas City. I don't know if he's going to be like 1A or 1B or how that, how that's going to work out. But Juju's going to be kind of sort of, I don't know, might be back in that role. And I don't know if Juju, I mean, I do like Juju as a number two guy, but not as a number one guy. And I kind of think Juju in some way, shape, or form, 
I would take Juju over Marquez probably as my number one gun. Now, yes, I get it. You still got Travis Kelsey. I get that and understand that. They drafted, you know, they drafted Sky Moore, who a lot of people are very high on. And I get it. They've let Tyreek Hill go. They've added, you know, they've added, you know, some draft picks, a couple of veteran receivers. I get that. Now, I don't know. I really don't know if they're going to put up the Tyreek Hill-like numbers, but they're going to try to, they're going to try to, between three or four different sets of receivers to try to get the Tyreek Hill-like numbers out of those guys, those other receivers. Now, whether they do that or not, I don't know. I got, you know, I got, I do have my doubts if they can do that. In the AFC West, it's even tougher this year when Denver goes out and gets a Russell Wilson, when, when the Chargers go ahead and get Khalil Mack, when the Raiders go ahead and get Devontae Adams. It's going to be a tougher division. Kansas City does not have a cakewalk anymore. They've got competition. I mean, I mean they could split. They could split with the Raiders. They could split with the Broncos. They could split with the Chargers. Because I don't see. I I can see everybody at division splitting with the other. I don't know. I don't know if I see anybody really, you know, going out there and sweeping them. I don't. I don't really see it. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I don't see it. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to take in. And Kansas City doesn't have a cakewalk. There's, uh, you kind of broke up the receiving cord, trying to get a loss of Tyreek Hill. I get it, Kelsey's still there. The running game, something's got to come of it. You still got Clyde Edwards Eclair. Ronald Jones is coming from Tampa Bay. Now, <clears throat> to me, Andy's going to have to focus a little bit more on the running game and take some of the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. Whether Andy does that or not remains to be seen. Andy's always put a lot more emphasis in the passing game. You know, he had one guy that he did rely on at one point in time. That was LaShawn McCoy. And that kind of worked out for Andy pretty well at one point in time. I can remember an old young running back. If people remember this guy, I don't know, Brian Westbrook. You remember, I hope people remember him. He was a pretty valuable weapon. And to me, to be honest with you, Andy needs to use him running, running back more. Now, Clyde got off to a blockbuster start his first game of, of his rookie season. I had him on my fantasy team that first year, and trust me, he did very, yeah, he had his moments for me. Clyde has some moments, but then again, Clyde comes back down to earth. He's been kind of inconsistent. Ronald Jones has been inconsistent throughout his career. But let's see if a one-two punch. Let's see if they can, you know, get, get it to working. I believe they did re-sign. Jarek McKinnon, I believe they re-signed him. Maybe a few, I believe it was a few days ago. He had a nice little, a nice little playoff run. He is back. I'm interested to see how he comes in, he comes back in, and see what he does. But for Tyree Hill, Tyree should have known that if you become that dangerous of a weapon, people are going to be putting more focus on you. Now, he goes off to Miami. Now, the problem is he has a pretty solid number two guy now in Jalen Waddle who had a very good rookie year and could capitalize on that. He has a day of a pretty decent tight end, Mike Lecky. Now, granted, Mike is not Travis Kelsey, but he's good. He's decent enough. The running game, again, it depends. You got, what, five or six running backs that you could probably throw out there, and I'm interested to see who makes the team 
If they really prepared there was five or six running backs, I doubt it. But I'm interested to see. And Mike, you know, Mike, he's a component of Kyle Shanahan, and they like to run the football. Miami's had a couple offensive linemen. The defense is not a bad defense for Miami. Miami could give Buffalo a little bit of a run for money. I still think Buffalo wins a division. Miami could make things a little bit interesting. Maybe a wild card spot. But the biggest thing is Tua. And Tyreek Tyree in the back of his mind. But I think Tyreek has to look in the back of his mind. I mean, and he's saying all the right things that Tua's doing a, a good football. You know, doing a good football. And he thinks him and Tua will have a good, you know, have a good little uh, chemistry going. The problem is, I think, the biggest thing is, is that the biggest thing, and the thing is, Tyreek's not going to be the main weapon. It's hard for Tyreek to be the main weapon when the guy, when Waddle had a pretty good year for you. Now, Tyreek's got to really understand. I don't know if Tyreek's going to have the big numbers he had in Kansas City because I really don't think he's going to. I think Waddle's going to continue to produce. You still got to get Mike Alecki involved, who's a pretty good tight end. Miami might have a better chance of running the football better than Kansas City does. So it's fine if you want to pay Tyreek $30 million a year. But the thing is, Tyreek's going to have to realize that there's going to be a gauge where he is going to be a decoy, so to speak, because Mike's going to want to run the football. There might be games where he might, he, he might want to run the football a whole bunch, depending on how the game plan goes, how the game goes on as, you know, and Tyreek's got to realize that here in Kansas City, oh my gosh, Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball 50 times. But Mike, yeah, but I don't think Mike McDaniel's going to want Tua to throw the ball 50 times a game. Patrick Mahomes might be able to get away with that, but not Tua. And I'm sure Mike McDaniel's going to try to do his best in the world to balance to balance things out. But Tyreek's got to realize simply this. This is not Kansas City anymore. This is Miami. It's going to be a different game plan. There is no Andy Reid there. There is no Patrick Mahomes there anymore. And you're going to have to share. You've got to share the load with Jalen Waddle. You've got to share the load with Mike Galecki. They signed Cedric Wilson. That They try to get him involved. So I hope Tyreek understands what he's pretty much getting himself into. He might, he's, got, he's got the money. And I give him that. But Tyreek got to realize... Does he think Miami Miami can get to a Super Bowl? Does he think Tua can be Patrick Mahomes? Does he think he's gonna get the same amount of wet, the same amount of targets or same amount of catches or use the same way he did in Kansas City? To answer to answer all those questions, number one, Mahomes is way better than Tua. Number two, I don't think Miami's getting to a Super Bowl. And number three, he's got a couple. He's got a pretty good number two in Waddle. And you cannot, in, in wait the year Waddle had last year, you can't just bring Tyreek in and just like, well, Jalen, you know, forget you. We paid this guy $30 million. We got to get him the ball any way can skew possible. Now, in some way, shape, or form, yeah, you're right. You can pay a man $30 million per year. Yeah, you better give him the football as much as you can. I'm not, and I'm not going to deny that. But the problem is, you got, you got weapons around him. You can't just give, you can't let Tyreek have the ball. You can't let Tyreek catch the ball uh, 12 times a game and Waddle gets two catches. Yeah, that's not going to work because then Jalen Waddle's going to get ticked off. 
you can't do that like Mike Galecki catch one pass, Jalen two, and this guy catches uh, 15 passes a game or something like that. It's not going to happen like that. And you know, and, and Mike's, a, Mike's a smart enough coach to realize, to realize that. But for Tyreek, you know, but for Tyreek, I get it. It's your first podcast. Hey, I gotta, I gotta, you know, do something. I gotta send some shockwaves out there. I gotta get people to keep coming back and listening to me. And I guess maybe that's his way to do it. Now, was Patrick caught off guard? Yeah, I'm sure Patrick Holmes was caught off guard by this. But to be honest with you, I think Tyreek Hill played with Alex Smith for one year, right? It didn't go so well. Long came Patrick Mahomes, and he made Tyreek a star. Now, I don't, yeah, Tyreek is already a star, but Patrick Mahomes may be that star. I don't think Tua can make Pat, Tyreek Hill that star or continue to make him that star. Now, and, let, and to me, and I've, and I've said this before on my on, on, on recent episodes, I can't see Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel with guys like Hill with guys like Waddle, yeah, I can't see you run the trying to run the ball down somebody's throat. If you got those two type of guys, you need to pass the ball more. And there's going to be games I think where two is going to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. Because if you got those two guys, you're going to have to pass the ball more. You can't run the ball down people's throats. Matter of fact, take a look at you take a look at the way where the running you know the running game is kind of slowly. Down to slow death. It's kind of like all of a sudden, hey, we got to air it out. The running game was second. I know one point in time in the NFL, let's run the ball down your throat. Let's play solid defense. Limit limit our mistakes, and we can win our games. And yeah, there was a point in time where that strategy did pay off, and it worked very well for a lot of teams. But nowadays, you got to have that passer. You got to have a couple of good weapons. You know, maybe maybe you can put together a. Maybe you can still have like a top 10, maybe 15 defense and get away with it. But everybody knows that you got to have a good passer. When you take a look at teams around the league that have solid passers, the Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. And this is and this yeah, this is from Tyreek's former division. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow is sneaking it, is trying to sneak into that category. Yes, you still got Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Tom Brady is still around. These are quarterbacks that constantly put up quality numbers and that are coming to his league and putting up numbers. But Tua has not done that yet. And Tyreek Hill might want to might want to rethink this all the way through that hey, Tyreek's gonna miss is gonna miss Patrick Mahomes. Because there might be a game again where Patrick and Tyreek might catch two balls. Maybe Jalen catches eight or nine passes. Maybe Mike Galecki catches five or six balls. And Tyree catches two passes for maybe 20 yards. Maybe gets one carry on the end of the round for like 10 yards or something like that. And that's it. I get it. Tyree has got a podcast out there. He wants to make noise. I get it. Understand it. But Tyree, deep down inside, he's got to, he's, he's got to do some thinking. He's got to do some serious thinking as to... Can I say this? He's got to do some serious thinking about what he's saying because, again, I'll say this: he goes from a pretty tough AFC West division to a team that maybe the Buffalo Bills might be the team that he has to certainly go. Certainly, might be the team that he has to beat. Now, Miami, right now, they may finish second in the division. I don't deny they can do that, but it'll be interesting to see. 
can they can can they topple Buffalo in that division? For right now, I don't really think so. But again, as time goes on and as camp goes on, we all know injuries happen. Once you ask the Baltimore Ravens last year, did injuries really happen? You could ask, I believe it was the Colts at one point in time, they had injuries. Ask the Chargers, you ask the Chargers for like three straight years, I think they had a whole bunch of injuries. Injuries happen. But we'll see. We'll see if the Buffalo Bills have any serious injuries, which I certainly hope no NFL team out there, I'm not wishing that upon anybody, any team. But we'll see. But we'll see. For Tyreek, Tyreek might want to lower his expectations. I don't think Tyreek's going to put up the, the huge numbers that he did in Kansas City. I'm not saying he won't put up some numbers, but he's not going to put up the huge numbers that he did. Again, Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. The offense is going to be a little bit of a mix. I think I think Mike McDaniel will try to blend them both in there. But you got to remember, and with Kansas City, it's all about let's throw the football 50 times a game because that's what got us over the top. That's what got us to a couple of Super Bowls. That was got us to the AFC Championship game last year. But we'll see. We'll jump on another sub. We'll jump right into another subject, and um, <laughs> it seems like it seems like Washington can't stay can't stay out of out of trouble, right? Well, I can't really say Washington for for a fact. Now, have you heard this that um, some teams are getting, I guess, getting fined or getting because of a hard hard hitting play in OTAs out in OTAs. I know the Chicago Bears got penalized for this. The Dallas Cowboys got penalized for this. And Washington, just here recently, got penalized for, I guess they took a, a day or two off of 2023's OTAs, if I'm not mistaken. But it, but it kind of it kind of amazes me that Washington keeps getting themselves in this in this shape. We all know about the the, the scandal, the scandal about, you know, about... Um, about the about the women, about how they were being uh, sexually harassed. Let me see. Then they were they were what cutting teams short on their I guess revenue, revenue. I think the ticket revenue. I believe that was coming up. Now this comes about. Now I believe that Daniel Shine. I believe Daniel Shine's out out of the country on business. And I know the committee in Washington wants him to come in come in but he's not coming in because he's you know he's out you know out doing um some business out of the country now as far as the as far as the OTAs go I mean I know that a lot you know you have I know it's very important that you want to you have might have a new quarterback new system new defensive system you got you know free agents coming in you got new coaches. They want to get. They want to get in, and they want to. They want to try to cram as much in, much in as they can. And I, you know, I get that, and I understand that. But my thing is, I don't understand is why coaches or systems want to um, get in and uh, be. You know, they want to like have people get hit. You know, that quick. Yeah, that quick. You know, I've I've never, I never quite understood that I mean maybe somebody has to help me understand that sometimes I have to wonder if that could be part of the I know that's part of the 
injuries that go on in the NFL because of stuff like that right off the bat. I mean, the last couple of years, we've had so many injuries. What is it, like Achilles injuries have popped up more and more. And, and sometimes I have to wonder if OTAs, you take the hits in OTAs, is, is, that, is that something that could lead to stuff like that? I don't know. To me, that's something that I don't, I don't know. I don't really get it. But, you know, to me, that's something that, that to me, I have a hard time. I have a hard time, you know, understanding why, you know, why coaches and why organizations, all these, you know, all these, uh, you know, OT, you know, OTAs and why they have to take the, um, you know, take the beatings they do. And, and you don't know if it leads, like I said, you don't know if it leads to injuries, injuries further down the road. Sometimes you're the one that takes these hits. They go, and here comes, you know, July. And you have to wonder if uh, Joe Schmo, um, Joe Schmo run the football, did he take a hit? Did he take a hit in OTAs? And then he turns around and he takes another hit and he pops, you know, he pops a knee and he, you know, he pops a knee and he is, he's out for a certain, for a certain amount of time because of, because they take a hit in OTAs. Now, I get it. The injuries, injuries happen. That's part of the game. You get it. You understand. You understand. You understand all that. And um, you get that. And that's that's a part of the game, right? But to me, I don't understand. You know, and to me, I don't understand why coaches, why organizations sit there and do that. Because I mean, here we are, OTAs. You're just running through your offensive system. You don't need to take hits like right away. That's what I guess that's what July is kind of for, and that's what preseason is for, and that stuff like that. That's what all that's for, and that's what you get. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, um, things will get, um, situated. You know, hopefully, things will get situated. Hopefully, they'll get straightened out at some point in time. Teams need to. I guess dial it down a notch or back it down, you know, dial it down a notch when it comes to stuff like that. And I hope so. You know, I hope that teams learn a lesson. You know, NFL is not taking NFL taking this stance very seriously. They don't want to see no more injuries to anybody or for you know, God forsaken. You know, if there's some top notch player that gets hurt, let's say if uh, Patrick Mahomes takes it takes a takes a hit takes a hit in OTAs. And then he gets hurt, but again, that's what the NFL is doing. They're taking, they're taking their sweet old time. They don't want to see the more injuries, and that you know, I get that, and you certainly understand that. And hopefully, you know, hopefully that uh, that is going to be, you know, hopefully teams will start to dial it back a little bit. But that's something I don't, I, I just don't get. I don't understand that. Again, that's you know that's you know the last you know concussions have been a big had been a big thing for the NFL for the last for the last few seasons now. They're you know they're trying to design better helmets to prevent that. But again, I hope I hope the you know I hope people start to dial it dial it back down a little bit as far as the uh, these teams. I hope you know I hope teams other teams do not follow Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, or you know, their suit. 
but Washington, my man, Washington stays in more trouble than anybody in any organization I've ever known. I've ever known. Um, but we'll see. You know, hopefully at some point in time things will get you know things will get squared away and things will be. Hopefully Washington get right back on track. I mean, Daniel Shiner, all that went on, he had to give his uh, presidency, turn his presidency over to the organization, over to his wife. But uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully things will get, you know, get better and hopefully these teams will learn a very valuable lesson not to, um, as far as not to um, get too anxious with OTAs because you never know. And the reason why I do this is because you don't want somebody getting hurt at OTAs right away. That does not look good on you. It does not look good on the organization, your coaching staff, or anything else. So I can understand why the NFL cracks, cracks down when they do on this on this matter. We certainly got about a few more minutes left on this podcast, probably about, about 15 minutes or so, give, give or take. Um, Right now, uh, currently, it's a currently got a pretty bad, uh, severe thunderstorm warning here in uh, here in the uh, well, state of Virginia, or at least where I'm at right now. So we might have to actually cut this podcast shorter than I would like to, but I'm going to try to stretch it out as much as as much as I can before things start to go start to go you know start to go out. Um, what I will say is this much: uh, for any you know, like I said, I've always said before, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. I don't really get a chance to, I'm not much on a lot of sites, not an Instagram person or a Pinterest person or a TikTok guy or something like that. I'm pretty basic as, as, as you can see. Um, but if anybody has any questions, I certainly would like, you know, please, you know, give me, you know, reach out to me. I'll try to answer any questions I can or give you advice on anything. Um, you know, for those fantasy football fans, I, I did give you my choices of uh, sleeper picks. I know that some people have already have already are out there now, and they've already um, given you um, their top quarterbacks, running backs, uh, tight ends, you know, stuff like that already. I believe ESPN is starting to put out that stuff as 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 well. Uh, I know certainly at some point in time within the next month or so. It'll be that time of year, that time again, where we have to. I give you my predictions of who I believe is going to win, win the win the uh, division and whatnot. I think last year I almost came close. I had Kansas City back in the Super Bowl. I was short of that. I had the Rams going to the NFC Championship game and losing. So I was kind of almost on the cusp last year of being right on some things, but you know. Like any other expert, not all experts are going to get it right. I mean, some even some of the best get it wrong, get it wrong from time to time. But I will do the best I can to, you know. But I'll do the best I can. Like I said, I want to do more podcasts. I want to get more out there, and I want to entertain, entertain, entertain you guys as best as I can. I want to do what I can to get you the best information, get you the best. You know stuff I can get you out, get you out there on the boards. I know it's sometimes it's hard for me to you know certainly because of my work schedule. I'm usually working a lot of evenings. I sleep during the day, go to work at night. If I do a podcast, it's like maybe midnight or something like that. So that's something I I don't like to you know I don't like to do. Um, but I will give you one more bit of tidbit. 
before we go, uh, there was a rumor out there recently. It was a couple days ago, and and I had to file this under the file this under huh. I don't know if I get yeah huh. Did anybody hear the rumor out there that Odell Beckham might be interested, could be interested in signing with the Cincinnati Bengals? Now there, yeah. Now the one thing I'll say about this is this: the Bengals have three pretty good receivers, Jamar Chase, T. Wiggins, and Tyler Boyd. Now after those three, there is yeah there is depth issues for the for the team for them after that. Now I don't know if I see the. I don't know if I see the Cincinnati Bengals really taking that very seriously. Now, I get it. Odell's from LSU. Joe Burrow's from LSU. Jamar Chase is from LSU. I get, you know, I kind of get, I get all of that. So, yeah, I get the point. I get the point where Odell, Odell probably wants to be with the Bengals because of the, because of the, uh, LSU connection. I get that. Probably understand that if that is really the case. Of course, you hear rumors. You hear rumors everywhere. Now, you got to remember Odell's probably going to miss a lot of this season, upcoming season. Um, who knows? He might miss all of it for all for all we know. But for right now, we know he's going to miss most of the season. He might miss, what, 12 or first 13 games of the season, something like that. So I think for any team like the Cincinnati Bengals or somebody else, it's going to be a big gamble for Odell to come back and be productive at all. Injuries like this is is hard to come by. You, I know you've got teams such as, I know you've got teams such as, you know, now a player Cam Akers who was supposed to be out all of last year, a nine-month injury. He comes back in five and a half months. I don't see, I don't see that being the case with, um, with them. I really don't. But I, I, for me, I can't see. I mean, it'd be interesting if Odell. It'd be interesting to see if Odell really comes in and he can be a you know a factor for if, if that was really the case. But Odell be what a number four receiver at best, and Odell I can't see want to be be selling on it being a number four receiver for any football team, whether it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sure Odell feels the Bengals are probably on the verge of maybe a Super Bowl. You've got a nice young quarterback. You've got, you know, you've got three good receivers. But Odell's going to be a, he'd be a number four at best for the Cincinnati Bengals. Not saying the Bengals don't need depth because, yes, they need all the depth in the world other than the top three guys. Now, I get it, but I just don't see the Bengals or any team really spend that much money. I think the problem is you're going to have to sit back and you're going to have to, you're really going to have to sit back and really, um, what can I say? And evaluate Odell. How you know, how how well he recovers from this from this injury. Odell has you know Odell at one time was one of the top receivers in this game, but injuries have curtailed you know Odell's Odell's career to this point, and it's and it's and it's very sad that it that it has. Uh, you know he's had some unproductive unproductive years and um, you know with the Cleveland Browns. I know the him and the Baker thing. Now he did bounce back. He did very well for uh, you know for the Rams last year. And he helped him win a Super Bowl. Actually, he was playing well. He was playing well in the Super Bowl until he got hurt. But it's it's a very interesting thing. O- yeah, Odell with um 
since Adams Odell in Cincinnati. I can remember at one point in time the Cincinnati Bengals had with Chad Chad uh, Johnson and Terrell Owens on the same team at one point in time, and that didn't really pan out that well because the Bengals didn't really need to do much. However, this time around, I just don't see Odell being a number four a number four receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't see it. And again, any team that wants to pick up Odell, Odell, like I said, Odell's going to have to. Depends on how he recovers quickly from this injury. And to be honest with you, this is a long injury to recover from. And and I don't know if Odell's going to be. Yeah, that's the thing with Odell. I don't know if Odell will recover from his injury from this year or not, because there's a possibility Odell could be at all of this all all of this season. And if that happens to be the case, then then Odell has wasted another year and then he won't be able to come back to 2023, which that possibility does exist. But I mean Odell would be nice depth if he could recover if he can recover that quickly. I know modern medicine nowadays, it's amazing what you can do. There were some injuries 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, that now can be fixed, that can be fixed in the snap of a finger, and you can come back within, you know, five or six months, whereas at one point in time, you did this surgery 25 years ago, your career, you didn't didn't have this surgery, your career is over with. But for Odell, I certainly wish Odell's speedy recovery, and the temp, the Cincinnati Bengal thing does sound interesting, but for the Bengal fans, it's not. I don't see it happening. I don't believe it's going to happen. I get the Burrow, I get Chase. There's the LSU connection, and it was it wasn't that Odell that came in the locker room throwing money around. I believe in the same locker room that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was in. So yeah, you, you kind of get that part of the deal, but. I don't think it's gonna ha- I don't think it's gonna happen, but it's a nice thought. I don't see it happening. Let's roll on one last one last issue and uh, another rumor that has been out there is and we just got to talk about it a little bit. Baker Mayfield. Now there's a rumor going around out there again. Rumors, you know how rumors are that the uh, there could be a possibility he could get traded to the. Carolina Panthers. Um, rumor was at one time they were talking about trading him, I think before the draft and during the draft, but the Panthers wanted his 18, I think it's like $18.9 million contract, and the Panthers wanted Browns to take about $14 million of that contract. Well, now the rumors are that the rumors are going around now that the, 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 uh, the soft, the um, the Browns might be willing to pay half of it, I believe, to get Baker off their hands. The Panthers are kind of going back and forth and going to pay half of Baker's salary, or do we not? Now, I know they've come out and said that Sam Donald is a starting quarterback for that team. And to me, Sam, you got the P.J. Walker, you got Matt Correll, a rookie from Mississippi. You figure Matt's going to be the quarterback of the future, so we believe. Now, I'll say this, is Baker, yes, I love, I love have Baker leading my team in Sam Donald. Yes, I'm not going to deny that. But the problem is, if you took him on, that means the Panthers have got him for one season. Let's say for the sake of argument, they get him for, what's, let's say, 
nine million. Okay, and Cleveland's on the hook for nine point eight million, whatever the case might be. Okay, the problem is that means it gets you too high. It gives you Sam Donald, who is making big bucks this year, we're making big bucks this year, and Baker Mayfield. That's two big guys. That's two hefty contracts that you would carry. And again, Sam's on last year of his rookie contract, and then Baker's on last year of his rookie contract. Now, you take both of them on, both of them leave next season, then that leaves you with probably P.J. Walker and Matt, and Matt, and, uh, Matt Coriel as your quarterback. Now, unless for some reason they trade for Baker, Baker comes in, he's healthy, and he lights Carolina on fire. Yeah, then you make then the decision becomes a little bit easier. But to me, the rule, the rumor going to Matt Rule is certainly on the hot seat. They do, they do not know if he will, if he'll be coaching beyond next season, because he's on the hot seat. I mean, they try. I mean, they tried to Baker Mayfield. Lord knows they tried to get Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun. Of course, we all know the Sean Watson news that he is now the Sean Watson news. There's rumors going around that he might serve a yearly suspension. I believe I've mentioned that about two, three episodes ago. I've heard rumors that was going to be a possibility. But for the Panthers, it does get to be a very interesting thing. I mean, do yeah, will there will there be a trade be done between those between between the Panthers and Browns for Baker Mayfield? Anything is possible in the NFL. The Browns have softened. The Browns have softened their stance, and he will make. They can could, Cleveland could be on the hook for maybe nine, nine point eight million, maybe, and maybe the Panthers are on the hook for maybe nine million. But it gets to be interesting to see what, what will happen. Will that all be the case? Is is that going to be? What will get Baker out of Cleveland? It's interesting because Deshaun could serve a yearly suspension. You got Joe Cullier set, right? He will probably be the starting quarterback. Put your backer is Joshua Dobbs. It's me if I had Baker from the back of the Joshua, but again, there's so much bad blood now in Cleveland that Baker doesn't want to does not want to come back. Now, if Baker is to go to Carolina, would Baker compete for the starting job? You would sort of kind of think so between him and Sam Donald. But it's interesting. We'll see we'll see what happens as far as that goes, but it's an interesting tidbit, a thing to make you say, huh. I'll give you a couple of huns with Odell, LSU. The LSU will between Burrow and Chase when he goes to Cincinnati. Or Baker will he be a Carolina Panther after all. It's interesting, but we'll see we'll see how all all that comes comes to pass. We'll see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to pretty much wrap up this uh, this episode for right now. Uh, hopefully, I will get a chance to put another one out here very soon. And like I said, we're coming up on my one year anniversary of uh, podcasting, and it's been it's been fun. It's been real, I should say. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I want you to please take care of yourselves, and um, we'll talk again very soon.